0: interview is with director and documentarian Sally Sussman. We talk about a very old film. Well, I guess it's not that old for some of us, but uh, premiered uh, and stunned, in fact, uh, at the Cannes Film Festival in 1978, a film by the name of Midnight Express. You may have heard of it, and, and the film we're talking about here is Midnight Return. We talk about the, the the craziness uh, that surrounded this film and the story behind it, the history, the, the 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 fact that it was an artistic and a financial success, and 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 as uh, many have said, it became a, an indelible part of of pop culture but unfortunately its lasting impact has been on the Turkish people and we talk with some pretty fascinating people uh directors Oliver Stone included in fact this was one of his first major films where he wrote the script for it we talk about how music is the is the really one of the key success factors in this film we talk about the key being irony and and we talk about celebrity and justice and about fact and truth and about this notion of fake media and and justice and crime make it and, and consequences and how truth is is stranger than fiction, this all makes it into the film. We talk about um sub sorry subjects include in the film uh billy hayes who who the film was about oliver stone peter Guber Alan parker david putnam i mean these are these are serious hollywood uh players, so you're going to love this film sally's terrific uh we 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 had a great time chatting about so many different things Midnight return, the story of Billy Hayes and turkey um check it out and stay tuned for uh more interviews at face you can check that out there and if you want to get behind what i'm doing and support the work i'm involved in here at face to face you can do that through patreon.com Com- coming right up sally sussman and midnight return well, welcome to Face to Face. We're joined by another very special guest here today. Sally Sussman is joining us from Toronto, although she's not really from Toronto currently, and we're going to find more about that. But anyway, Sally, let's get right to it. Thanks for joining us today.
1: Hi there. Thank you for having me.
0: It's uh, it's 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 kind of fun. Can you tell us where you are right now currently and what, and what you're doing?
1: Right now, yeah. I'm currently at the Royal Cinema in Toronto on College Street, at the third of the screening of our documentary Midnight Return, the story of Billy Hayes in Turkey, the film has just started this evening and while it plays I'm talking to you.
0: How 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 fun is that? How it's so how, fun. How perfect is it that we're having the conversation about the film and some of the questions it raises and so on while it's playing in the background. I love it.
1: Does yeah, it? well, it's in the theater right now, and yeah. I have a bunch of friends who are you oh, know that's sitting in there watching it. But I don't tend to stay in the theater because you know I've seen it so yes, many times, I and and after a while, you go, you know what? I, I don't think I feel like seeing it. But it is, yeah. you know, I do do watch the beginning um, just to see what kind of reaction people get because we have yeah. a lot of humor in the beginning. I bet.
0: And, I bet. So 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 you've been uh, t- uh, you've been wor- working on this film for several years now. And, yeah, and a long
1: could... time. I worked on this film in total from conception to finishing it for about eight years. Eight believe it or not. Exactly. Well, right? there were some stops and
0: starts. Yeah, sure, course, sure.
1: Um, because of money, obviously being the 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 biggest issue when you do a film, mm-hmm. uh, or the lack thereof. Yeah, <laughs> so absolutely. So we had gone to uh, Turkey. And I uh, tried to raise some of the money independently to finish it, which was very, very difficult to do, even though people love the idea. They just don't want to write a check. You right, know? right. And so I just kind of thought, you know, I don't know if I can do this, if I can put this together, you know, because it wasn't my background. You know, I came out of the television business a right. writer. So, you know, looking for money for movies was something completely you know, out of my experience. So I had to put the film away, really, for like five years.
0: Oh, is that right? Yeah, because yeah. you, you, you pretty much, you you directed this, you pr- yes, produced it. and wrote it, produced and produced,
1: produced it. it with my yeah. husband. So what happened was, then in like 2013, uh, I realized, well, I had always hated the fact that it was unfinished, you right, know? Right, right. Um, that was bugging me. But in 2013, at the, at the end of 2012, beginning of 2013, Billy Hayes called me out of the blue because we really hadn't spoken for a while. And he said, you're not going to believe this. There's going to be a Midnight Express ballet (laughs) being performed in London. And my husband, Tony Marina, said, you know, why don't you go shoot that? Right. And and I did. And that's when I interviewed Alan Parker and David Putnam and that particular trip.
0: Really, really... Uh, it kind of took you to the next level. Took me to the yeah. next level. Yeah, sure. So I spent
1: all of 2013 and 14 traveling the world, doing interviews, gathering material. And 2015, we edited, we put it all together, and then started submitting. And in 2016, we had our world premiere in Cannes. And now we're having our theatrical run. And then um, March... Probably late March, we'll go on all the digital pr- platforms. Yeah, it's
0: that's like it's, it's wonderful, and 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 I haven't said it yet. Congratulations on the film; it's fascinating. Thank it's you. just it's, Thank you. I'm such so a, glad
1: you enjoyed it. Well, and it's
0: such Sally, it's such a crazy story for so many reasons. I mean, this is this has become a, a, a classic film. It's it's it has so many interesting filmmakers and producers and people involved. It's become a pop, part of pop culture. It's it, jokes have been made about it. The Simpsons yeah. and Seinfeld. It's just. It, it's quite remarkable how how and never and we're going to talk about Turkey as well. Mm-hmm. But what what kind of pulled you in f- b- before we get into the, some of the some of the issues about the film? Because to me, it's 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 so not about what we watch on the screen, if that makes exactly. you know what I mean. but it, it's yes. about justice and facts and truth and and so many things. But what well, was it that pulled you in? Was it that was it the, the 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 paradox of it all? The irony? No, of it all?
1: I didn't. What pulled me, okay, what happened was Midnight Express
0: as a film,
1: which I saw in college, terrified me and all my friends. And it was a movie that stuck with me. You know, then Mm -hmm. it played on TV forever and ever. And it was one of those few films that really stuck with me. I could never get it out of my head, you know, because it was so scary. And it it just, you know, it affected so many people. And then years later, many, many years later, I got married, met my husband, and he tells me, casually, he had, he's a director and producer, he's currently the sur- supervising producer on The Young and the Restless, oh, okay. where he's been for the last 11 years, but he knew Billy Hayes from an acting class many years ago. Oh,
0: wow, okay.
1: So he knew the real Billy Hayes. So I met the real Billy Hayes, and he started to tell me the true story of his escape. So I casually you know, knew Billy. So... We happened to run into him and he I said to him, So what are you up to these days? What are you doing? And he said, You know, I've always wanted to go back to Turkey. I said, Really? I said, Wow, that's nervy. You know, I'm thinking the escape convict wants yeah, to go sure. back to the country. I thought but I said, That's a great irony. It's the thirtieth, you know, anniversary or so of Midnight Express. I knew the Turks hated the film. That I always knew. And I said, you know, this might make an interesting document. And that was the genesis of the project. And we had a sale immediately Hmm. uh, with financing and everything. But then Billy could not get a visa to go back to Turkey because he was persona non grata. The company, which happened to be a Canadian company, went out of business. Okay. So ultimately at the end of the day my husband and I financed it and right. produced it
0: ourselves. Which is so often the case with, with passion so projects and documentary film, right? Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. You just have to bite the bullet and kind of, you know, do it yourself because it's just such a tricky business, you know?
0: Did you have a sense when you went in that of, of the irony of the deep ironies, of the of the dots that were, you know, that that that, that you were able to connect about, you know, Things like truth telling, and I mean, mm-hmm. in, and in the age of of you know uh, the fake news, I mean, it just <laughs> it makes it so much more relevant. You know, I mean, there's at one point I think it's Alan Parker, the director, who said, "Well, this this was just a movie," but, but I mean, in truth, I mean, it's never just a movie.
1: Well, as you saw, the Turkish man who was, who butts his he says, "Well, if somebody tells me this is just a movie, walk in my shoes," because to yeah, them, right, it right. wasn't. But you had asked about the irony, you know. That is the key to the story. You have so many different levels of irony because you have the convicted, you know, the drug smuggler who's hated by an entire country. You have the film, this enormous global phenomenon, yet vilified and hated in mm-hmm. Turkey. You've got the drug smuggler's celebrity that he's desperate to hold on to and looking for ways to reclaim. Right. Right. So I feel the tone of the film. I took a rather ironic tone with it um, because I feel like there's so many different levels um, in the story that needed to be addressed. But when you see them, you realize just how ironic it is, you know, that here's the guy who was hated by Turkey, then he's being, you know, he, he he escaped from turkey for smuggling drugs but the people who in, ultimately invite him back to turkey are the police
0: are the police the, I the, mean the, I
1: don't the, know if you could get any weirder
0: well I, I don't know if you could get any weirder either and and the and the way the story ends with with uh, or at least the, this part of the story I guess the documented story with the flag flying mm-hmm. and and, the, and that uh, I thought they were going to kiss at one point there at the end you know and yeah, this, yeah 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 well you know
1: That particular event was the Turkish community's idea to invite Billy. That was completely their idea after they had seen his one-man show.
0: Right, okay.
1: And what was interesting about that is that a lot of Turkish Americans were very much against the idea. Of having Billy
0: raise right, that flag, right. well, so my, there were
1: some people not happy about it.
0: Well, you, you, and that really comes out in the film, and and I think I think we need a little a little bit of context because I'm sure there's some people listening who haven't seen the film and, and don't know the original, don't film. know the story. Or but,
1: our or our film.
0: Yeah. Well, either really, right? And yeah. so the the. The, the, the it could be just because of the complexity of the story, and, and, and I think it might it might be worth just giving us a little bit of context around Billy. Sure. Who's, I'd be
1: happy to, yeah, because our of the politi-
0: political implications, and there's just so sure. much, right?
1: Yeah, there's a you know, well, there were four our film sort of our film tells the true story behind the iconic film Midnight Express. Midnight Express came out in 1978, it was Oliver Stone's first feature film, and it was at one of Alan, I think it was Alan Parker's second right. feature film. All young people, David Putnam was a producer, I mean, you have a pedigree, yeah. Georgia Moroder did the music, which I think is very instrumental in the success of the film.
0: Interesting. Okay. Anyway,
1: that film, Midnight Express, told the true story of an American who had been busted for drugs in Turkey, sentenced to life for his crime, which was a ridiculous sentence, but ultimately escaped and pulled off an ingenious escape. When he returned home, he became an instant celebrity. A book, he wrote a book, and the movie was made. The movie was a massive hit from day one, but it caused a political fallout in Turkey. The Turkish government tried to ban the film. In very, in some countries, uh, went along with the ban. Right. Um, they protested, they vilified Billy Hayes, Oliver Stone, And the film itself was a very brutal depiction of Turkey and Turks in general. And Billy always felt, Billy Hayes, the real one, unfortunately the actor who portrayed him in the original film passed away Mm. in 1991.
0: Oh, that would have been interesting to have his It would have, and they were
1: very close friends. They became very close friends. Um, And uh, so we decided to do this documentary, which is telling the real story behind the film. In other words, even though the movie was based on a true story, many, many aspects of the film were not true. And the reason that it was important to examine those is the things that were not true in the film are the things that reverberated most back on Billy Hayes' life. Interesting. Yeah. One was the idea that he had killed a cop killed the prison guard to right, escape which right. was not true at all and the author was that he had stood in a courtroom in Istanbul and called the turkish nation a nation of pigs, a nation of pigs yeah. which he did not that was all all over stones drama. which he
0: then goes when he finally does get back to turkey actually ap- uh, uh, apologizes for that very specific scene right, in, a, he, in in a media he, in a media yeah. Uh, scrum yeah
1: in the press conference yeah. in istanbul he apologized for that because he knows that that was the speech that caused the huge uproar. When the movie came out and the Turkish government saw the film, they issued an Interpol warrant for Billy Hayes that stuck for about 15 years. Wow. (laughs) He was not allowed to leave the United States because if he traveled to certain countries with an extradition, he could take the risk. Right. He could be sent back to Turkey.
0: Back to Turkey. So when
1: he expresses a desire to go back to Turkey, He's thinking, well, the Interpol warrant is gone now, there should be no problem right, with me going right. back. And then, as our film shows, the Turks didn't want him to come back, was right. persona non grata. He ultimately gets back to Turkey because he gets an invitation from the Turkish National Police to attend a conference on criminal justice. And that in itself was bizarre. So we went to Turkey. It was a four-day whirlwind trip. And so in our documentary, what I was trying to do is to show three pillars of this particular story. One is the film itself, Midnight Express, Mm -hmm. with the original filmmakers, why they made the choices they did and how the fallout affected them. Sure. The other was the Turkish-American side which is the side where they tell the world what it is about this film and why they hated it so. And shared some of their personal stories. Sure, and of yeah. course, the third pillar is Billy. Billy's outreach to Turkey and um, Billy's life.
0: Do you and, do, did, did you find that there were times that you must have, I would think, you know, somebody in the film and I can't remember who it was says, you know, you couldn't really tell when the embellishment began and the, and the facts ended.
1: Exactly.
0: Did, did you ever find there were times as you were filming or interviewing or yes. going, okay, this is just so not true. None of, yes. none of this is true. I, I don't believe any of this. Yes.
1: absolutely. Because Billy <laughs> yeah, has told his story millions of times. Yeah. Yeah. He tells it in a one man show, yeah. but he's conflated certain events from the movie into his own story. Into his story. Isn't that and interesting? He, and he even says in our documentary, I don't even know what it is anymore. Right. He, he, so his, you know, and because of the subject of memory, people, you know, view things somewhat differently sometimes as time goes on.
0: Sure, yeah. I
1: try to, okay, when he tells the story of his escape, i it as much as I can with other sources I know he ended up in Greece 100%, and I know he rowed from an island in a rowboat. If all the steps in between when he was in Istanbul, we know he dyed his hair because he had black hair when he came home. So his escape story is pretty accurate. I tried to find some holes. But there's no question that somebody who has the personality, who is willing to smuggle drugs from a foreign country, certainly has the... Ability to sure. embellish, <laughs> <laughs> you know. What I mean? They've That's got
0: there's a built in theatrical uh, exactly. uh, sensibility there. Oh yeah, yeah, no, for sure. You know what's so interesting to me? I'm a huge Oliver Stone fan, and right. I thought I thought it was wonderful that you got him for the film, and that he was so candid. Uh, uh, you know uh, about his, his script and about about how it played out, and I also found it fascinating the, the relationship or the lack of, of thereof I and know. with David and, and Alan. Very interesting, yeah,
1: fascinating. Yeah, isn't
0: it? but he went on to make uh, Natural Born Killers, and I the tagline for Natural Born Killers was the, "In the media circus of life, they were the main attraction." I don't yes. know if you've seen his, that film, I, but, but it's, you
1: know I like Oliver's work, except that's the one film of his I can't get through.
0: Right. It's it's it's, it's, hard. it's every
1: time I get to that restaurant scene right, the
0: at the beginning. I have to turn yeah. it off. Yeah, it's difficult. But I
1: love Oliver's work. I yeah. think he's extremely talented. You know, again though, he brings us you know, I think when you see an Oliver Stone film, you gotta know he brings an element of his personality and yeah, his absolutely views into his writing. It's just what he does.
0: What's so What's so interesting about that is about the, the it, this was about the cult of celebrity. I mean, Natural Born Killers Correct. is really it's 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 for many a difficult film, and like you said, you can't you can't get through it. But it's it's about celebrity. It's about fact. It's about fiction. It's it's kind yeah. of this crazy world that we find ourselves in today. With the, well, the, today you know, even f- more s- social media and the fascination yes. with the image, and it's all about how how I look. It's all about me. Me, 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 yeah. me. I yeah. always say to my son, yeah. you know.
1: I grew up in what they called the me generation. I said, "Your generation is the me look at me generation." <laughs> right,
0: right. You know. Do you think, um, Sally? Do you think movies are ever just movies?
1: I think there's got to always be something personal
0: hmm.
1: in, uh, not necessarily political, right? But person, but personal.
0: Some s- s- something else going on. More more going on than meets the So I
1: think so, only because you've probably figure that most filmmakers, especially narrative filmmakers, you know, who are doing scripted work, they probably are spending years and years on these projects. Right. So it becomes very, very personal. I think in the doc world, there's a trap for filmmakers. I don't personally believe that a doc filmmaker should put themselves in their film.
0: Mm, Interesting, okay. That's just my
1: style. I just don't like that style of film. Now, i work for Michael Moore, and he's great, you know. Um, And I also don't think that doc filmmakers should editorialize. At least I didn't feel that way. I have a background in journalism, and I really try to approach this as a journalist, because I could have stacked the deck against Billy Hayes. I could have made him look more pathetic, let's say, or... Or more troubled, or or his family was more resentful of him. I could have made Oliver look like the bad guy. I could yep, have made sure. Alan Parker look like the bad guy for not apologizing. And I feel like, for me, I had to, I wanted to approach it object, objectively. I wanted the audience to come away and form their own impression.
0: Right. Here's what here's what here's what Stone said. Here's what Putnam said. Yeah. I'll make my judgment call based on, on what I'm seeing.
1: Yeah, the audience is smart enough to come away with their own opinion. They don't need, you know, me to hit them over the head and tell right. them how to think. And I don't think that's a good idea.
0: So you want to keep you wanna keep as much emotion out of it as you can?
1: I I think in the documentary space, yes. Yeah. Now That would probably depend on how personal the subject matter is to the person. You know, like the story you were telling me of the man you interviewed, his was a personal doc about him. So that's a little bit different. But when you're looking at it as a third person, which is how I approached this, I came at, you know, this wasn't about me. It was about me observing these people. Right, right. I just felt objectivity was critical. Right here, because because of the three sides to the story, let's say. Billy's side, the filmmaker's side, and the Turk's side. Sure.
0: Um, I, for, for me, it's a real story about change, too, you know, and about history and looking back and, you know, connecting those dots and, 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 and the fact that he's able to go back and that, that people are... Able to the, the the Turkish. I mean, the fact that he was invited by the Turkish police is fascinating in and of itself. Unbelievable. You know, yeah, it was
1: so surreal.
0: Well, maybe you know coming to a did you say a conference on 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 prison something? Yeah, the, reform the or Turkish
1: something? National yeah, Police were hosting a conference on global
0: security. It's amazing.
1: And terrorism. <laughs> oh, this geez. particular group of Turkish policemen specialized in anti-terrorism. Right. And they were all educated in the U.S. They were getting their Ph.D.s in criminology. Brilliant young men, brilliant. And they had seen a video of Billy on YouTube where he had apologized, was Mm. expressing his regret at the way the Turks had been portrayed in the film. So they invited him, and he called us and said, look, you're not going to believe this. I actually got this Turkish invite. And I told them that I'm coming with you, my husband and I, the filmmakers who are doing the documentary. The policemen didn't really know what to make of us. Right. And we ended up getting along great. Now, the saddest part of this story, which is very disturbing to us, in our film, we, you can see the Turkish policemen. Now, I, you know, you don't see their faces up close. The main Turkish policeman who guarded us the entire time we were there, I mean, they didn't let Billy out of their sight for one minute. They are all in jail now.
0: Oh,
1: because they were all arrested as a suspected of being part of this coup that took place in oh, Turkey last wow. year.
0: Oh, okay. I thought you were going to say connection. No,
1: they they have been purged from the one of the police captains. Wow. Who I knew well. Who I stay in touch. I stay in touch with. We stayed in touch. Wow. One of them who I'm in touch with now wrote me recently and told me. He had had his passport confiscated, his Mm -hmm. apartment ransacked. He took his wife and his daughter and escaped into Greece and asked for asylum in Greece. These guys have been so unfairly targeted. They were the most liberal, the most intelligent, and they just got caught up in this crazy political drama being played out in Turkey now. So they're in prison, and that is really upsetting for us because— they were
0: great people well i mean and and a tra- tragic story horrifying really and and again just showing you the the the, uh, the, cra- the craziness of this particular story i think and even even the irony of of just life in general it seems to me mm-hmm. and the 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 um, the unexpected nature of what <laughs> of what tomorrow might bring it's wow, that's true. really that's really unsettling. I, uh, mm-hmm. I mean, it's maybe, very, very, very disturbing. May, to maybe us. my next question is apropos. I was going to say, you know, this for me is a story about healing, and and does do you, I mean, do you really think time heals everything? Is that is that part of what I
1: think that for Billy Hayes, he got the healing he hoped. Um, he was not hated by Turkish people right. anymore. Yes, of course, there are still some who doubt his sincerity. <laughs> But I would say the vast majority of Turkish Americans, Turkish, and probably people in Turkey, because the film is playing in Turkey, played there, um, view him very differently. You know, when you see those images on a big screen, and some characters, ostensibly Billy Hayes, is up there yelling, you know, I fuck your sons and your grandmothers and your daughters, and I hate your nation, you're all kids. You know, that resonates. But when the real person tells you, look, that's not what I said. Uh, I didn't say anything close to that, and then you suddenly realize, you know, there is a real person under this mythology, because you see, he was a mythology in Turkey. The policemen who invited Billy back, the ones I was telling you who are in prison now, they weren't even born when the
0: movie came right, out. Right, right. Of course not. Yeah. So they just—they're living a, the the, the so legacy for, that is. Yeah, yeah, but
1: they knew the legacy.
0: Yeah, yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah, that and they comes were out hoping until, in the film.
1: Yeah, and they wanted to change the perception. So that particular time in Turkey in the late t- in two thousand seven, two thousand eight, was a fabulous time. It was a golden time there. You know, it was opening up to the EU. You know, everything was. It was a beautiful city. We were treated beautifully. Ever since that time, things have really changed in right, Turkey right,
0: significantly. Right. Right. Huh. Yeah, you've kind of captured a before a before and after. Right before, yeah, in that moment. Yeah, sure. What about, so, you know, Oliver Stone and, and Alan Parker certainly talk about it and touch on it. It comes out in various ways and in the film itself. But, I mean, wh- wh- to me, the film, your film, certainly has a lot to say about racism, has a lot to say about uh, the, sorry, maybe not about racism, but the assumptions that we make about others, So, Yeah. You know, and there's this great line from Alan where he says, it didn't even occur to us to have nice, nice Turkish people. in there. Yeah. Didn't even occur to us. <laughs> why Why would we bother doing that? You know? But
1: I think what Alan's point is, and he's saying that as young filmmakers at that time, yep. we were telling a story about a guy in a horrible situation in order to make the audience sympathetic to his plight, which was a bad situation.
0: Oh, Um, I can't even imagine. What a mess. We
1: need to create enough villains.
0: Right, yes. Now, the original
1: script that Oliver wrote had a lot of lighter moments in it. It wasn't quite as heavy as the ultimate final product. Right. But Alan, you know, that was Alan's choice as a director. He made a magnificent film, one that's resonated for 35 years.
0: Well, I'll, I will never forget what you said. I mean, we're just to sort of come back full circle, you're, the, the film for you really, really stuck with you. It, it was at, at the me. right place, right time, and it just... It, well, and even, I think, one of the reporters in, in Cannes that you have appearing in the film talking about how... I mean, just really communicating that, that that emotional sense that, wow, we've never seen anything like this.
1: Yeah, it was the most violent film ever played that has ever played a Cannes. And They were shocked. And they and Alan talks about the fact that he was he was accosted right away about this film, yet the audience loved it,
0: yeah, isn't that fascinating? and cheered
1: it, so it's a very complex story that way, in terms of how the film was um played. I think if you were to make something like that today, you would be much more mindful
0: right of course of
1: how yep. the other yep. people are yep. being
0: portrayed, yep.
1: you know um. Then you know, I'm sure it was like, well, it's Turkey, so it's you know, it's a hellhole in the prison. So, you no, know, and and I don't think there's a nice prison anywhere in the world.
0: Well, I think I think it's interesting. I think it has uh, it, it does have some uh, things to say about prison reform and, and 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 what is justice and and sentencing and just this this war on drugs. I mean, the what, war what is, on drugs what the is heck a huge factor. It, yeah, what yeah. does that even mean, you know? And exactly, yeah. and how well,
1: how. And why was Nixon pressuring Turkey? And then the Turks you know, were angry, so they took it out on Billy. They figured, okay, we've got our American kid now. We'll make an example. We're being tough on drug smugglers. So they sentenced him to life. I well, have... that life sentence, had that never been imposed, Billy would have left yes. prison after four yes. years. Yes. He had already served four years. And gone home, and no one would have ever heard of him. No one,
0: that's right.
1: But because he got a life sentence, yeah, his lawyer back home was able to get a ton of publicity for his situation, and there was a lot of pressure being put on the Turkish government. Yeah, yeah. And it was coming at them from both, you know, from everywhere. And the American ambassador to Turkey would spend his days trying to get Billy released and yet also push the U.S.'s anti-drug policy.
0: I love. It was, it was I, a
1: difficult time.
0: It was a very difficult time, and again, that comes out in the, just in you know what, just in the style of the images themselves, and of course, you bring in the the ter- the terrorism of that day and that of the seventies and the PLO and what was going on there. I mean, that's I, I remember that as a kid. Some of those images, me too. too and and that disturbing what stuff changed
1: airline flying. Yes,
0: yeah, forever. Yeah, yeah.
1: And which, of course, Billy wasn't quite aware of, hence why he got busted.
0: Yes. Yes.
1: But yes, and the, the terrorism, and not only that. You know, you had, the, like you said, the drug war. You had the politics of the time.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's just yeah. No, it's the complexities, the paradox, this crazy, crazy, beautiful world that we live in. Can you tell us? We're, sadly, we're going to have to wrap this up in a couple of minutes. But okay. can, can you can you tell me how yoga? Plays into the film. I mean, almost right out of the gate, we're kind of uh, introduced to this, and and we don't quite know who we're watching at the time. But yeah, where does where does yoga play in? in well, Billy's... yoga,
1: Billy discovered yoga right before he was busted. A friend had given him a book, and he was teaching it to himself. He got busted with that book in his backpack, and that pursuit of yoga is what kept him sane in the five years of prison and he would do it every day in prison and he got the other inmates doing it and he maintains that it's kept him sane until to this day billy's 70 years old he looks fantastic he's in great shape he attributes to his yoga yeah. So yoga is very, very important in Billy's
0: life. Yeah, I so love that you bring that in at the beginning and then that he actually comes out and says, you know, it pre- pre- pretty much saved my life. Yeah. Yeah, fascinating. I have to tell you, one of my fa I mean, I, I, I love the film and there's so many different moments that, that stick with me, but I love the, uh, I love the to tell the truth uh, moments. Oh, it's hysterical, Sally. It's well, you so know, funny. Billy, you, know, it, you know,
1: one thing we did capture... Which is relevant to today's thing. You know, when you were talking about the natural born killers, the media circus, I mean, Billy was a criminal. He was
0: a yeah, for, sure. for sure, for yeah. sure.
1: Yes, he pulled off an incredibly uh, brilliant escape. But when he came home, he was a celebrity. Yeah. You know, he did the Today Show to tell the truth tomorrow. I mean, he was everywhere.
0: He was everywhere, yeah.
1: And he was really one of the first who became a celebrity for doing something criminal.
0: Right, right. Right? We're back back to irony and paradox. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And then, of course, one fun irony we have in our film, when Billy was first busted, the original lockup in Istanbul was right in the heart of the city. That particular jail is now the four seasons, oh out.
0: yeah, which is just is not that bizarre oh, it's so bizarre, it's so bizarre the the mem- and and then just talking about memory there too, you know, and the it's like this museum that's been turned into this five star hotel, how, how yeah, it's
1: hilarious,
0: how, and odd. they have bars on some of the- bars still on some of the windows, um yeah, so it was uh it
1: was you know it worked uh. It, it it just there was just a number of different funny ironies along the way. Well, I
0: yeah. Well, I well listen again. Congratulations and oh, and David, thank you so, so much for much. I love, having me. Yeah, well, thank you for 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 and taking the time anytime. and you're you're stepping into a Q and A. And I I just think it's a, a you know a wonderful. A wonderful uh, a film about the power of our own our own stories. You know the power and, of film and the power of I film. Mean, you know it's you just, know that
1: the power of film to create an impression. Yeah, that can linger with an audience for decades to come. That's yeah. really what we're saying here. Yeah, it's is wonderful. that look at this film. See, it almost it's, it's bigger than Bill Hayes. Uh, it's yeah. almost, it almost it transcends him yeah. because it's the power of this film. It almost doesn't matter what Billy says. The film. Well, still the, tr-
0: the truth doesn't matter anymore. In correct. A, in a way, right? Correct. Yeah. We've been talking with Sally Sussman about Midnight Return, her new film, Midnight Return: The Story of Billy Hayes and Turkey. Uh, good, good, uh, good luck tonight with, uh, with uh, the with you so Q and A, David.
1: And just let all, you know, everyone in the audience, know that at the end of March, around March 16th, go on iTunes. The film will be available for purchase or rental. Um, and then we're here in Toronto. We have another screening Friday night at 7 and then one at Sunday at 9.
0: Well, thank, thanks so much for your time today, Sally. Thanks really, for
1: really having me. I really appreciate it. it was great talking to you, David. Great time. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time.